Hi, my name is Rachel Perry. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. So welcome to episode 11 of Out of the Bubble, and I strongly suggest you sit yourself down with a nice cup of tea and be prepared to be blown away by this week's guest. Kate Blakemore is the founder of Motherwell Cheshire Women's Charity, uh, which we're going to find all out about, qualified counsellor, trainer, speaker, radio presenter, mm-hmm. and to be honest, at every step of the way works tirelessly to support and encourage women in the community. Kate and I met at a Crunchy Talks event when we were both guests on Michaela DiCarlo's panel, and I knew it was someone that I wanted to find out more about all the great work she does. Not only that, she's also a busy mum of three children. So I don't quite know how you fit it all in, Kate, but welcome and thank you for spending some time with me this morning. Hello, thank you. How do you describe yourself briefly to people? Um, I've, I've got, actually got a new phrase, that, that advert that Claudia Winkerman says, a personality vacuum. I think that's what <laughs> I would start to describe myself as. <laughs> Involved in a lot of things and uh, perhaps sometimes a little bit too passionate about things. No, it's amazing. I don't think you can be too passionate, Kate. (laughs) Uh, What I'm interested in, let's get back to the beginning, because your current career path is really all about supporting and helping other people, particularly women. When When you left school, what did you want to be? A probation officer, actually. Right. So it's always been in in you to, to want to help others. Yeah, although that, but originally after school, I then went and did a business degree and went in retail for about 10 to 12 years. Right. Because it was an easier path, I must admit, at that point. Yeah. So how did you then change to get to where you are now? Um, so my own journey, really. I had an ectopic pregnancy when I was 22. Mm. Um, I had a ruptured, it ruptured because I didn't realise I was pregnant and that made me realise how hard I worked that I didn't actually realise how poorly I was yeah so when my path of recovery I um redundancy come up in retail which I took and I thought you know what go and do what you've always wanted to do so it's funny how things take a turn sometimes yeah yeah, I mean, one thing that, that strikes me about you is your openness and how you do share your own experiences, which makes you so relatable and compassionate to others. So the fact that you talk about your miscarriages and, and you've had difficult childbirth and your ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we still all struggle to talk about these subjects in society? Because it's really still kind of under the carpet, isn't it? I think people don't like to listen to it. I mean, I do a lot to do with um, infant loss and, you know, work with other people and, and work with somebody at the moment. And just people don't want to know about it. I think we we like to know gossip things, let's say, mm-hmm. that are of a lighter level. But I think anything that perhaps needs a, um, a good response back, people don't want to know. And, and I know women will say people have walked away from me as soon as I've mentioned something like that. Mm. No, I mean, I think even in schools where we you know we took we cover subjects like sex sex education, it's not really brought up in schools in in education, is it? Right from the beginning. No, no, definitely, um, and I think that needs to be modernised. What we talk about with sex education, because it's certainly not, um, you know, the birds and the bees talk anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I had three miscarriages, and it, and it was really isolating because you're right, nobody, everyone has a little bit of sympathy with you for like a week. And then it's, mm. you know, you're meant to kind of carry on as normal. Actually, those feelings stay with you 
kind of buried deep inside for a long, long time. Yeah, I think there's something about as well, when um, I said this to somebody last week, with infant loss, people like, I know it sounds awful, they like to know the person because they feel they can grieve with you. But when they haven't met that baby or, you mm. know, baby hasn't been it, been born, let's say, they, they can't relate to the grief. So then they don't want to know about anyone else's either. Yeah. So going through all these experiences on your own, is, was that the kind of, what was the driving force for you to set up the Motherwell group in 2015? So... Just, just the, the, the plain gap, really. I've always worked in, since I left retail, I've worked in women's services. So um, I worked in a refuge and then I went to work in a homeless hostel for young people. Mm. And my counselling's always been more geared towards um, females than men. Um, and it's a bit corny, but I just get blown away with, you know, women, like-minded women. Yeah. Um, of what, what, you, what can be achieved, really. Yeah. No, I can completely relate to that. People... You know, women just blow me away every day that I talk to that are doing yeah. things. It's just our resilience and our ability to help others can be amazing sometimes. Yeah, and I think just um, what what we we do, like we have a women's choir, we have a women's reading group, we have a walking group, swimming group, and it doesn't matter what path they've come, but it's that shared thing that they love or the shared experience has brought them there is so, you know, powerful. Yeah. Um, and bring the most unlikely of friendships as well. I mean, when you first started, what was your priority group when you first started the group? Um, so my priority group is um, originally, it's now called the Believe Project. It's mm. very spoken. It's to work with women who are at risk of having their children taken from their care due to mental health issues. Mm. It's a lot more common than people recognise. It's massively misunderstood um and that that's kind of always been my remit but working with homeless young women you know they don't intentionally become homeless but yeah, then from that they lose everything yeah so it was just I, I had an opportunity to set up the charity and did it took a lot of work to get funding for that project I was going to say how how supportive were other networks because obviously the the social services and the the funding for everything that's going on from the government has all been cut so there's massive cracks and there's not the the services out there which is why somebody like you comes along and sets this up it makes a massive difference how supportive were the other networks with you when you were doing it um funders i must admit get it um we're not government funded but local funders and local trusts um you know like grassroots charities if you like and we you know we really work with grassroots issues mm. uh, so once i got some funders on board and then they had a year of outcomes it, it i'm not saying it's been easy by any means and we always need more because funders will do two years and you know one yes. year um but that you know it's a massive issue and kids are massively affected when they move are moved away from their parents so it's a wider issue than what people realize because what age group do you because you start with quite young children don't you i thought you do one group Uh, you're starting at 14 yes so now now we're a bit more established one of my things was let's not get women and mums to be in a state that they're in with their mental health let's work with them earlier so children in need have funded us to have a full-time counsellor for 14 to 18 year olds because actually it's the preventative work that will make the difference yeah that's um, amazing. so yeah and, and to, it is do really well and I've got lots of plans with that project um, I want to run a campaign next year actually I've just been planning it called um, Every Girl Matters mm. 
mental health for fem- young females is massively on the rise with peer pressure and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you're the area that you're in, particularly in Crewe, is, it is one of the most deprived areas for women in the country, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the built on that model to be fair you know of deprived deprivation it does make a huge difference to mental health yeah I mean how difficult is it to cater for that demand for support very and mm. um, we have got a huge waiting list for counselling luckily I've just been able to take on another two it, it can be frustrating that we're a small charity and we are the only in in the two towns that offer the the counselling that these women need yeah because uh, we work with postnatal um depression and you know that that area as well mm. i mean uh, what are the most you know. what are the most common issues that, that women are dealing with in that area is it the kind of anxiety depression yes it, it's managing and being able to manage their mental health when they've already got quite chaotic lives really mm. um you know and by nature of like being in a de- deprived area there's things that come that we don't imagine you know yeah. they, they haven't got a car so every day to get to an appointment is an issue yeah. as an example many of our women have to rely on food banks because of um change in benefits and things like that these are what people don't necessarily always understand yeah and we are really as a society we are still very judgmental of people in situations that are less fortunate than ourselves yeah how can we change that I mean, what you, the work you're doing with the women is fantastic. How can we change other people's understandings of these situations? I guess well, that's where I see my role as, as what I do as being quite privileged, really, because I, I do speak for, for a lot of the women. Mm. Something that we want to develop next year is more of um, like a voices group. So we capture the voices of our women. Yeah. Um, and we do have a lot of people that blog for us, a lot of service users that will blog and their experience. But it's it's them they need to talk more and that's what I want to work on next year is yeah. getting their stories out there um because they you know no a lot of these people that offer judgment couldn't spend one day in in the life of what yes. they have to put up yeah and they've got a lot to say and you know their experiences can help others it's a kind of yeah. knock-on effect isn't it but it's you're right it's giving them a platform to use their voice isn't it and the confidence to use their voice yes definitely yeah and I think people um you know, you can't until you've got mental health. I did a conference actually not long ago about let's talk more about mental health. It's in danger of becoming, oh, it's mental health. Mm. I have a, people really need to understand what that means for that person. Yeah. So I had a panel of people with lived experiences and it was really good to hear it from their point of view. Mm. Yeah. Rather than, I could have had it all academics, you know, lined yeah. up, but you know people that say actually some days I wake up and I have every intention of doing x y and z but then the anxiety kicks in yeah yeah I completely understand that my eldest daughter um suffered with acute anxiety when she was a teenager to the point where she was homeschooled she was agoraphobic she lost all her friends she didn't go out and when you say to people you know she suffers from anxiety and she's actually Mm. doing really well now is they kind of glaze over and it's like oh yeah Mm -hmm. fine. and they just don't actually appreciate that it can be such a kind of debilitating illness really for people yeah and what people don't understand is and I say this about the women we work with who you know are at risk of having the children removed it is not a life choice they don't make that decision yeah most of them don't know any any different because of how they bring you know brought into the world and and that that's the bit I mean I could spend a lifetime trying to break that cycle yeah yeah I think it's such a broken system really 
I mean, the, the positive outcomes, you also see um, lots of good stories coming from these women that have gone through your programmes that you've helped and supported, but then have come out the other side and you must see really positive changes. Yeah, I mean, that that's the best bit, really. And, and a lot of them are now, you know, flying the flag for us or helping us fundraise. Um, and like you say, uh, are helping others now. Yeah. I mean, what know, tips... Lived experience is a lot to, you know, a lot for people. What advice could you give to a woman that might be listening that's really struggling in their own life right now? What advice could you give to someone to try and take those first? Because it's taking those first steps, isn't it, mm. to make changes? That's the hardest. Yeah. And I think sometimes it, it's not like looking at your immediate support networks, but look elsewhere where it can be, um, you know, so you know, reaching out to a local charity doesn't necessarily have to be us, but sometimes they are the best place. Yeah. I think people automatically think friends and family is first instance, and sometimes, you know, they're not equipped, yet somebody that's been through a similar experience can massively have an impact on you to support you. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think... Thank God that we do have people like you and your charities that are around for women because it's 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 really difficult, isn't it, to find that help? Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you say, we, we, we pride ourselves on being a women and girls only. Um, it was a massive gamble that, we, you know, people say, well, what about men and why don't you open it up? But, you know, we've stuck with our guns and now we're seeing the outcomes, you know, and it works. That, that's what we're here for. How difficult is it for you? Because, you, you know, like I said at the beginning, you're, you've got your own family, you're a mum of three kids. How do you switch off from all that? Because you are so passionate about it and I can imagine you get really quite involved in the women that you work with. How do you switch off from that and keep a little bit of yourself back? Um, with difficulty, if I'm yeah. honest. <laughs> um, I, I, I Work does consume me, but that's always been an issue with me, whatever job that I'm in, really. Mm. Um, I'm the type of person that have to really love my job um, mm. to be able to do it. Uh, but I guess when I'm with my kids, that you know, it's like my son's birthday today, so I'm at home most days so I can pick him up. Um, so, yeah, I just, it, it's difficult. I, and I, I think it's difficult for the kids more than me, let's say. You know, sometimes I'm on the playground and someone's say, can I just have a word? And mm. it's for people to separate that out sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, and for me to separate it out. I know we were talking at the Crunchy Tales um, panel event about um, wild swimming. Are you still doing yeah. the wild swimming? Because you did the just great... Just swimming, but I've been in a pool this morning. Because oh, <laughs> you did the Great North Swim, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I'm doing it again next year with my son, and yeah, then I'm just going to do the. Um, I think I, I don't know if I've got the right pronunciation, but Lake Padan in Snowdon. That's the one I'm going to sign up to, to do a mile there. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's really good for me. And I think anything like that, I wouldn't ever let anyone down. So when I've told a friend I'm going, I will go. So that's good for me as well. Yeah. So when you started the Wild Swimming Group, was that, am I right in thinking that was part of Motherwell? It was a fundraiser, the most successful fundraiser I think we will ever do. <laughs> Not because of the money at all, um, but it, it, I just keep thinking, I need to capture this better than what I do. Um, the friendships that have been achieved have been absolutely amazing. Mm. Um but I think there's some element of vulnerability with swimming in terms of, you know, what you wear. Um, you, you know, you sometimes you can feel quite not unsafe, but, you know, you can get quite panicky when you're out there. 
and we we've all supported each other in that not just the swimming aspect of it as well mm. and we had 20 22 did the original one and i think there's 12 of us that still actively swim a lot wow that's um, amazing that's a really large number Oh, yeah. I mean, most of them still go. I don't because Sunday's um, is my more family day, but I think there's six. They meet most Sundays still in, in the open water. Um, so, yeah, it, it, but it's great for mental health as well. Yeah, like, they I, say, don't they? It's, it's really good for anxiety because I think, doesn't it all right in thinking it, it reproduces the same adrenaline? Yes, yeah. When you go into the cold water. So it's you, you've got to learn how to manage that, which helps with anxiety. Yeah, because we were looking at pictures of us last year and it was probably this time last year we were in the lake in our wetsuits and it was cold, yet still um, we're only wearing our costumes this time, this yes. year, if that makes sense. So, you know, our body's climatised as well to that. So, and it, I think it just shows amazing what we can achieve as well. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. So on top of that, you also host your weekly radio show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you want to go onto the radio as well as doing everything else that you're doing well actually i do a topic of the week on my facebook page and the topic of the week this week is my radio show right uh those are reasons that i do that it's a community radio show yeah. for anyone that knows me well knows community is my thing i go yeah. on about it all the time yeah. um i just think if we have a good community you know amazing things can happen yeah i absolutely love music so no better than to have a radio station with all them songs at my um, disposal. Yeah. The people that I get to meet. So my theme for my radio show is let's talk more. I have, I have, like we said at the start of this today, I have women who, you know, have experienced domestic abuse. I had a mum on recently whose son took his own life. Yeah, um, and you know, people might not think they want to listen to it on the airways. I think how we go about it is you need to because this is happening. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there isn't anybody, I was thinking this the other day, that hasn't been on my radio show that we haven't gone on to do some other kind of work with as well. Mm. I mean, how much time does that take up? Is it a case of just going in or do you do a lot of planning beforehand? No, I would love to <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of planning. It's a standing joke because I go on air at 11 and I whip through the door at about 10 to 5 to and then I uh, sit on my seat <laughs> and the poor guests are normally like I don't know anything and I'm like it's fine we've got five minutes got the news on now <laughs> I love it um, but no and, and I'm not, I ask somebody that takes the bookings for me so normally it's like just remind me you've got on and yeah and then I'll do a bit of reading the night before about it well you would never tell because when I, when I have listened into them and you don't come across as if you've just brushed in, so <laughs> keep up the work. Is that something you'd like to do more of, potentially, in the future? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think radios for me. I'm not very confident in really speaking, speaking, um, but I love radio. I think I get it's my comfort zone, let's say, in a studio. You see, that's really interesting, because you do do speaking events, don't you? And I've heard you yeah. on the panel, and you, strike, you came across as being a really confident person, that because you've got so much passion about what you do, it comes across really naturally. So it's interesting for you to say that you don't feel confident speaking like in events. Yeah, I think it, it's because I hear speakers and, you know, sometimes you think, God, I wish I could speak like that. Mm. Uh, so I think it, it's that that element. Um, I, I do always get good feedback, but yeah. I think I, I am quite aware that I would never speak about anything that I don't know. So it's always something that I'm quite passionate about. So I know that can get me through quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Because you also organise, um, yeah, another thing you do, <laughs> you organise um, some quite big events in the area for Women's International yeah. Women's Day, don't you? 
Yes. Uh, yeah. I'd like to say that my team are a big part of everything I do. I guess yeah. the face of it, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So next year we've got Crew Women's Day, which is um, always our biggest event because we've done it for five years. Mm. We have we've got Winterford Women's Day, and our first one is Ellesmere Port Women's Day. But they are um, big events. We've got some great key speakers, and it, it's uh, the celebration of women and girls locally in the area, really. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to coming and speaking <laughs> for you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just think it's great. We have demonstrations, speakers, singers, dancers. So, you know, it's just a nice day for everybody to get together. And one thing that I'm always struck by is people don't know what services are available to them in the local mm. area. Yeah. Um, you know, that there is lots of um, services that can help women. People don't quite know. So the idea of the days originally was let's bring everybody in together and all, you know, celebrate it. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. And also, it's how important is it for young girls and women to have role models out there that are, that are doing things and sharing their experiences? How big, really? part, how big a part oh, of that? Just huge. Is? Yeah. I mean, we will start a campaign next week called See It, Be It. And then we're recognising local um, women and the great work they do. They do. I have a big issue about some um, role models, really, because I think we are sold the wrong type of role models, particularly young, vulnerable yeah. girls. We want to recognise, you know, there's some amazing women in your own town and we go about it as a day-to-day, you know. Um, live so it's a campaign that we're running right through to crew women's day and then we're going to recognize them women for the great you know things that they do locally. I love that that's a, such a good idea <laughs> do you think it's almost like there's a lot of backlash against social media because I think sometimes social media has its place and it's really yeah good absolutely for but do you think it is about getting back to those grassroots communities where we're saying yes you can follow people on Instagram but these are the real people here doing it that I yes. in your town yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some of our girls that we work with, they think they should look like some of the Hollywood stars. And it's like, well, one, if you ever met them, they don't look like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, that shouldn't be your ambition to be her because you're amazing yourself yeah. and follow your dreams. So I think it's more about what the media portray as being beauty, really. I think yeah. that that's one of my um, issues and that people, they're encouraged not to have a live in themselves. Yeah. yeah to not follow a, a career path and that doesn't have to be anything spectacular but do what you're passionate about not what you think other people think you should do yeah completely I think it's about changing attitudes in society isn't it to, to young people yeah definitely I mean our new mission statement is inspire encourage and empower and I think that's exactly what the charity does you know we try and get them to think of all the things um that's open to and with the right support you know I always say you can achieve whatever you want with the right support in place yeah Yeah. I mean can you when you look back now what you were like when you were 16 17 you know what would you go back and tell yourself now knowing what you've experienced so far um just I guess for me I've always been quite ambitious so to to, yeah to keep at, at that really and not to be scared to be different I think would be my big one yeah, I mean, that is a huge one, isn't it, for young people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to stand, you know, to be able to stand out in the crowd and be yourself. Yeah, and I mean, I um, we've just had Sally Carmen from Coronation Street as our um, patron. Mm. And we were talking about this the other day, and we're in danger of all girls looking the same. Yeah. You know, I see that, I mean, in the college environment that I work at a lot. Um, the other day, three girls walked up to me and I just thought, oh, God, they're almost clones of each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, you know, 
some of the amazing people are the ones that are different, you know, dress differently, uh, know their own style. Um, and I think that's what we should encourage more, not that everybody needs to be, you know. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> if you had a magic wand to change the kind of current system, what would you start with first? Um, the media. Mm massively um i i mean we've just got funding to do a newsletter called um inspire and it's going to be aimed at girls between the ages of 10 and 16 um i don't think any of the like glossy magazines um do us any good the yeah. programs that we watch love island yeah. i think all of them are just so pitch wrong yeah um i you know i have a huge issue about that i, I did do. try I and think, get i think if there is going to be this model of this kind of program then they've got to they have got to listen and have experts on that say this is not the people we need to be representing you need to be having diversity yes, yes. different shapes yeah I think that, that's my issue they're yeah. all virtually claims of each other there's no as you say no diversity yeah. no uh, uniqueness about any of them yeah. um, you know I want I want to, to be on the front of I don't know the hello magazine is the woman that's um been a local scientist as an example yeah um you know these are the people that we should be having on the front of the magazine not somebody that's married somebody and now become yeah. a star yeah i completely agree do you think it will happen i think there are slowly starting to, to yeah i mean i think women's football has really helped recently mm. uh, you know that that that's fine um that we, girls can be in football and of course it's fine but what i mean is yeah. uh, you know that we, that's always been oh she's a tomboy yeah. that that kind of issue um i think it's definitely moving that way but it we don't want it to be oh because it's a woman but we don't have that shown to us that's why the campaign that we've done is called see it be it because they are not seeing these women um you know we have we've got a local suffragette from our town and she's not recognized in the town at all mm. and something that might start in the new year is crowdfunding so we can get a statue up yeah. of her yeah because um, you know things like that do make a difference to to young girls even yeah. though people don't recognize it it definitely does because it's what they're living every day isn't it really yeah completely and then you know you have something like that in your town that schools should be talking about it saying look this woman did this and this is it's it is about I'd never thought about it until you mentioned community, and actually, you're right. It's about getting back to your community, isn't it? It's where it all yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's absolutely awful that which you know that um, Ada Neil Turinian was that she actually started. Um, she was an activist in the um, in a factory in Crewe because of the working conditions, mm. and then she she became a suffragette later on, right. um, and she wrote to our local newspaper. But it, and it's a great story. And and to be fair, the uni has been through the secondary schools um, a couple of years ago and told everybody about it. But she needs to be recognised in our town because yeah. what she did with her voice is change quite a lot yeah she changed the working conditions she made people aware of it and I think people at the moment they use their voice through social media but sometimes the impact doesn't go far enough yeah yeah and honestly every project you do I come away every time I hear about it I just think wow it's just amazing what you're doing <laughs> where would you like to see the charity in 10 years time how I mean you are ambitious but how would you like um, to see it yes so we, we've already got our plan for the next five years <laughs> I'm sure you have in other towns um just because of the of the need and it doesn't necessarily have to be the projects that we offer we, we offer what we've recognized as a need in because we work from crew winsford and hopefully ellesmere port um 
But what I said at Motherwell's about is a community, a local community of women that connect with each other. Yeah. And I think if that can be implemented in other towns, we wouldn't have the loneliness and isolation that we, you know, that people are experiencing now. Yeah. Uh, we do a great intergenerational project where over 50s mentor our younger vulnerable mums. You see, that's um, another yeah. really good thing because this... There seems to me this real divide between generations where yeah. the older generation, you know, I hate the term snowflake when they talk about millennials. Yes. Uh, yes. And the fact that then the younger ones think that once you get over 40, you're past it. We need more intergenerational conversations to make each other aware of everything we can offer each other. Yes, definitely. I mean, I want to capitalise on ours because I know for a fact our young ones would be great at helping some of our older ones on the likes of social media because yeah. I think you know people want if they understand it the older generation want to join in with it yeah definitely. um silly things like setting up a new phone I know our uh, younger mums would be great at doing that yeah. for some of them yeah um so it, it's the it's the exchange of knowledge as well honestly you just it, I am blown away by everything that you offer it's amazing <laughs> it really is just keep doing what you're doing last three questions what song or piece of music motivates you? Um, so it always surprises people, but I'm a huge um, Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher fan. Yes. Um, but my my song that I love and always motivates me is Wonderwall. Because oh, I actually, yeah. I think there's an analogy there that, um, you know, people have got that one strong person behind them. You know, things yeah. can happen, really. Do you have a Motherwell song? Do you have a do you have a song that you all kind of play and listen to? No, but we've got um, a choir actually, and one of our tasks next year is we're writing our own song. Oh god, that'd be amazing! So we have um, uh, a master, and he is a songwriter, and that's something that we would like to do with him. Wow, that would be fantastic. <laughs> What books inspired you? I think this is, sounds a bit corny, but I've read all Richard Branson's autobiographies and that they've really stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. I, I wouldn't say necessarily I'm an entrepreneur, mm. but I've had to have a certain mindset because the amount of knockbacks I had when I set up the charity, um, you know, and I've had to keep going and believe in it. So what you know, has um, driven you then? Because you clearly have, you've just put your head down and just got on with it. But there must have been times when you just thought, God, this is just not going to happen. I can't do this. What oh, yeah, I mean, I remember having £50 in the bank before about four Christmases ago. And then I, all Christmas, I thought, it's over. It's over. But I'll just keep going and see what New Year brings. Mm. And then we had one big funded it, funded. And then from that, because they had subsequent funding coming quite quickly. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just stumbling, I think. Yeah, good. I think it is that. People are that I won't let anything lie. I yeah. have to just keep going until... Um, so, yeah, they're, them kind of books, really. I love... Um, one of my other favourite books is Frank Skinner's autobiography. So I perhaps should be saying women, really, but they, they were the two the books that really, you know, stand mm. with me. Brilliant. I'm reading uh, Michelle Obama's at the moment oh, as I well. I that. Really good. And who inspires you? Um... I was thinking about this last night. I think at the moment, I think um, because of the time of year, I would have to say all like the the suffragettes and things like that. You know, yes. I'm a big thing about people having voices. 
yeah um and that you know they so I, I guess I can relate and I would imagine I would have been part of that I was movie. just going to say that <laughs> I was just going to say you, you would have been a, a brilliant if they'd been about time yeah um so I think it, it's and I guess it's any any person um with a voice even though sometimes you know it's a gamble if, if they string I tell you what I went to see recently the um it was a film with Kira Knightley in it and um Oh, she worked for the government and information and things like that. But she broke the silence, and you know it was a massive gamble to her. And I just thought, yeah, good on you. Yeah, you know, it was about the Iraq War because it's what she believed in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going back to what you were saying about the younger generation. If they come out of school having that self belief and confidence, mm. then that's how things change, isn't it, in society? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that that's what excites me with some of the people that um, we can see. And I think if you if you've lived through something, then they're the changes that people really want to make. Yeah. Thank you, honestly, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> yourself today. Um, and I can only imagine how many women have a huge amount of respect and gratitude because all the hard work you do, you and your team. Um, because I know it takes a lot of people to organise this kind of charity and all the things that you're doing in it yeah. and all uh, the team are as equally as passionate you know yeah and, it's a real inspiration and what a great role model so thank you no For thank you all the information on the motherwell charity please visit motherwellcheshirecio.com and you can also find them on instagram motherwell cheshire facebook motherwell cheshire cio <laughs> twitter motherwell ceo and you can also keep up to date with everything Kate's doing on her website, kateblackmore.com. So there's lots of information there for anybody that's in that area that needs to reach out. Then I would definitely recommend that you go and have a look and <laughs> take those first steps. And keep doing what you're doing, Kate. Wonderful. <laughs> you. And also give yourself a break. <laughs> I, know oh, yeah, yes. I know we were talking before we started that it's your, one of your big birthdays next year and you're going to have some extra holiday. So I hope you enjoy that and make the most of it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure, absolutely sure I will. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you and I look forward to meeting you again next year. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app and if you're listening via iTunes don't forget you can leave feedback in the meantime keep being fabulous <laughs>